listening to our New Chapel podcast. We're for people to connect with God and be raised to new life in Christ. Be sure to connect with us at newchapel.com and on social media to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel. Well, good morning again. My name is Joe Bevilacqua. I'm the lead pastor here at New Chapel. Welcome to part 842 of our series called FAQ. Just kidding. If you're taking notes, and you should, take something to take notes out. And uh, But this is part eight, if you can believe it, of our series FAQ. And truly, it's never gotten old. And the reason is because, honestly, we're answering the questions that are on your mind, on your heart. You want answers to them. Some of them have to do with just being a believer or I'm a new believer. What do I do? For many of us during this series, we've, we've given you answers to questions that have to deal with a lot of things that are happening in culture right now and how we as believers should be approaching the world that we live in. Uh, today's going to be no exception. Yes, it's going to be a classic question that we're going to be answering, but we're going to be answering it in a way that I think is going to be very life-giving. My prayer is that it's oxygen for you today, and it's going to be how to survive life's worst moments, your worst day, the worst, worst news you ever receive. Now, uh, honestly, on part eight of a series like this where I've just been in the pulpit, everybody, it got to Thursday, and I'm thinking, like, I don't know if I want to talk about my worst day. I mean, it's, it's a happy week, happy, happy, happy. I don't want to go to, to Sunday church and talk about my worst day, but I was ready to do it. I had an idea about what I wanted to say, but ultimately, when I started to think about it, Pastor Eric kept on coming to my heart and to my mind. Pastor Eric is uh, Kaya and Naya and JJ's dad. He's my father in love, and he's a man of God. He's actually going into his next phase of ministry as an evangelist and a missionary. I, I hope he talks a little bit about that. I'm excited about that, and I know his church will surely be sharing his video and sharing testimonies like this, but listen, we are behind Pastor Eric 110%. And uh, yeah, give it up for him. It's very cool. And let me also say this, you know, our church is supporting him as a missionary, and that is awesome. But more than even just that, my wife and I personally became a partner. And I'm sure his pastor and other people at his home church are going to do the same exact things. He's a man of God, a proven minister. But I would just encourage you, if you're interested in partnering with missions or going on a missions trip, which is going to be a whole new season for us here at New Chapel, go to the website pastorsfriend.com, pastorsfriend.com. You can partner there, and you can also give there, and you can also find out more information about upcoming trips, and at least let them know that you're interested in going. I had a couple people after first service talk to me about that. But before I start preaching another message, and you know your pastor, I have 137 slides on weight. I need to stop, but I would invite you, would you please stand to your feet all over the room, put your hands together for Pastor Eric Harvey. Pastor Eric, come on up here. Take your liberty. Give him heaven. God bless you. Thanks for, uh, Pastor Joe, thanks for uh, letting me be here. It's a privilege and an honor. Um, I do want to let everybody know uh, what's going on with uh, thepastorsfriend.com because you're a part of it, whether you knew it or not. I thank you for uh, every time you give uh, at New Chapel, uh, you're joining uh, with us. We're, we're a team. 
We're doing this together. So in August, I'm going to be going to Pakistan. Uh, let me put it this way. In August, we're going to Pakistan. Everything that I do, we're doing it together. Because as you give, you're, you're joining together with me. And so it's us. So uh, I'm super, super excited. I've told some other people that I'm so excited about going to Pakistan. And they said, the first thing that came out of their mouth is, are you out of your mind? And I'm like, um, it's like, and in my, in my mind, I'm like, who wouldn't want to go? And they're like, are you crazy? What do you mean, who wouldn't want to go? Do you understand what's there? And I said, yeah, a bunch of people that are hungry to hear the truth. And I'm like, who wouldn't want to go there? I mean, uh, I'm doing, uh, we're doing three crusades there. We'll have 5,000 plus people at those crusades. Uh, there's going to be salvations, healings, uh, deliverance right there. Uh, I'm super excited about that. But one of the things that is more exciting to me than that is I'm going to have in Pakistan three days of a pastor's conference. Uh, 200 plus pastors, 100 evangelists, and their interns will be there for three days in a row learning how to hear the voice of God, learning how to uh, receive the Holy Spirit and pray in, pray in their uh, spirit language and be set free. So that's three days that I'll be meeting with that group of men and women that are staying in Pakistan. The impact will go on and on and on. So I'm super, super excited about that. So thank you, thank you, thank you for giving here at, at New Chapel. Obviously, uh, this, is, this is your church. Your ties go here. If you do choose to uh, support in any way, it's an offering. Please don't take a tithe and go, I really love what Pastor Eric's doing, um, and I'm going to give him my tithe. I'm not a church. This is one of my churches right here. And so your, your tithe stays here. If you, um, if you don't tithe at all, uh, let me give you a word of advice. Do it. <laughs> tithe. I'm telling you, here's the thing. I've been giving my whole life. I've been giving my whole life. And here's the truth. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God has always been faithful to me. He has never let me down. No matter what I've gone through, no matter what I've done, He's never let me down. And here's another part of that verse that's so, so uh, dear to me. Because He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. But He also says, and I've never seen their seed begging bread. I'm telling you, what you do with your finances makes more of a difference to your family than it does to you because it goes on and on. See, it's a seed that goes on and on. It's kind of like asparagus. <laughs> you, how many? I love asparagus, ex, except I don't like it a little while later because it's, you know what I mean. If, if, you, if you eat asparagus, you know what I'm talking about. That is the weirdest food. How does that happen? You can eat any, you eat a cheeseburger. It doesn't smell like a cheeseburger. You eat a steak, it doesn't smell, you eat asparagus, and all of a sudden, the sweet aroma of asparagus. Anyways, but it's like asparagus. It grows, and guess what? Next year, you don't replant it, all of a sudden, it's growing again. You eat it, and guess what? It keeps growing. Next year, you don't plant more, it keeps growing, and it gets bigger and bigger. I'm telling you, that's your seed. Amen. As you plant seed, it's like asparagus. It grows and grows and grows. Because here's what I do. I look at my kids and how God is blessing them. And I look at my grandkids, how God is blessing them. Could that have anything to do with the choices I made? 
Could that have anything to do with the choices my parents made? It makes a difference what you do. If you don't give, give. If you're looking online right now and you don't even have a church, send your money here. I don't care. What do you say? I, I, don't even, I don't even know the Lord. It doesn't matter. You don't know the Lord. Send your money. See, it's a law. It's, it's really separate from your salvation. God wants, it is a point of connection. Because where your heart is, there your money will be also. See, God doesn't care about your money. He wants your heart. But he knows the truth of it. So if you're online and you say, mm, I, I need a blessing in my life. I don't know the Lord. Start by this. Send a check. If, if you don't know the address here and can't find it, send it to another church. Start tithing somewhere. God's faithful. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. So anyways, I'm excited about what God's doing in my life. Um, I'm, I'm not scared at all about going to... Okay, I'm scared a little bit. I, I, was, I was trying to be strong. I was trying to be real strong in front of you. Okay, it's, is it scary? Yeah, it is. But, you know... I don't watch them anymore, but you guys watch scary movies. Why? Because it's fun. It's exciting. And so is going, you know? Going, it's fun. Is it scary a little bit? Sure, yeah. I was joking with some of my friends, you know, I'm going to bring my cell phone with me in case I end up in a Pakistani prison. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll call you, and they go, don't say that. Don't, don't tell me that. I'm like, does that mean I can't call? Or, anyways, <laughs> praise God. I, if I get in trouble... I'll call. But praise God, he's never forsaken me. He's never turned his back on me. He never will. Uh, the, I, I'm so happy to be able to teach this crazy message today. I, I pray that, um, that it changes our lives. I pray that we can see God in a clearer and stronger way. I pray that today that uh, the voice of God will become more clear to you, that you have more of an understanding of what what your life is about and the part that God and you play on this life and the life to come. In Jesus' name, amen. I guess it was a prayer. <laughs> amen. Uh, so how do we survive our worst day? Because you know what? The truth is there's always something. Always. There's always something. If you're taking notes, you just put that... You don't even have to write that, that down. You know that one. There is always something. Except, have you ever met that person that it's, that, you know what I'm talking about, that perfect person, that one that nothing ever goes wrong, that everything is perfect, that every part of their life is smooth sailing? Have you met that person? Uh, I'd like you to introduce them to me because I never have. I've never met that person. See, what happens is when when the worst things that happen in our life, if we do it the right way, if we follow the principles of God, people will look at you and go, nothing ever goes wrong with you. It, how do you do that? And at that point, you share today's notes with them. Because there is no perfect person. There is no, no perfection here. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. I mean, our bodies are decaying. It's like, and we think, well, why doesn't God do something about that? Well, he did. He sent his son who died on the cross and gives us life and gives us his spirit, which empowers us 
Praise the Lord. Let me, let me tell you a story. So a couple months ago, I started building a shed. I, don't, I, ha, I moved into my new house. It's a nice little small house. I can take care of it. I don't have a garage. So if you have a small house and you don't have a garage, you definitely need a shed. So I started building the shed. And I got the, the foundation done. I got the walls. I even ordered trusses. Yes, for my shed. It's so odd. I, my, my brother's going, what are you ordering trusses for? Just build them. I'm like, nope. I ordered trusses. I got the trusses up. But in my older age, I've gotten smarter, a lot smarter, because it's getting up in the air now. So I thought, I'm going to have my buddy come over and help me with the sheeting that goes on, on the roof, and he's going to help me so I don't get hurt. So he comes over, and we start putting the sheeting on. I grew up a builder, so I kind of know what I'm doing. And so I cut, I cut my first sheet, and I put it on. He, he's not a builder, but he's handy. And so he was down below, and I was up, up top. And so we put the first sheet on. And so I told him, just take your hand and go like that and make sure that the edge of the 2 by 4 is lined up with the sheeting. And then same in front, only make it a quarter inch back. And so I get my side all set. I'm up here. He's down there. I go, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So I nail it, nail it, nail it. And then I get up and look, and it's like, what are you doing? It's, it's over a half inch. And he goes, well, I thought it was even. Like, um, yeah, it's not. It's, 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 remember, I said, feel it. It's over. And so I thought, I'm going to peel it up pull my nails out, and I start doing that, and then the plywood starts breaking. Um, anybody buy plywood lately? You, you don't want to break it. It's 37 bucks a sheet. So I said, I'm leaving it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that piece on there. It'll be okay. I know how to work it out. But I got to nail a two-by-four on the side of that truss so that my next sheet will have something to sit on because John, oh, not to mention his name, Jonathan. <laughs> Sorry. I, I just won't mention his last name, Menifee. So, in case, so, I'm, you know, so, so my friend, Jonathan Menifee, God bless you, brother. I'm nailing a two by four on the edge of the truss. And I got my first nail in, beautiful. I, got the, I was going to put the next nail in, but then I noticed it was down a little bit. And so I said, hand me another, hand me a hammer. So I slipped my hammer under there and I'm prying it up. Now it's nice and even. So I'm holding on to a hammer. I'm pounding. The problem was, how many of you have ever been on a stepladder? Okay. The, the stepladder, does anybody know what it says on the top of a stepladder? It says, this is not a step. Okay. I knew that. I'm not that smart though, because I knew it said that, but I stood on top. It was all about angle. You know, when you're building, it's, it's your angle. And so I'm standing on the top of that stepladder, prying that two-by-four and pounding. And as I was prying, the ladder went out, and I went straight down on my back. Collapsed my lung. Yes, this, this lung collapsed. I'll tell you something really awesome. No broken bones, just collapsed lung. Doctor couldn't figure out what the world. How do you collapse a lung and you didn't break any bones? But So I'm laying there on my back. Jonathan's looking at me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here's how you know it's bad. My brand-new iPhone 12, my iPhone 12 Plus, flew. I'm laying on my back. You know how you know it's really bad? I didn't even care. 
I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care. I don't care where that phone was. It didn't matter. That's, you know, you're hurt. Yeah. And so he says, uh, he says, what can I, what can I do for you? I said, hold the ladder. I could, I seriously, I, I could not breathe. It knocked the wind out of me. So I thought, how many of you ever had the wind knocked out of you before? You know how you do that nasty, grossing. <laughs> it was awesome. I started watching it on YouTube the other day. You can just go wind knocked out of people. And then you get to, you get to see it. I'm that freaky because I wanted to see what I actually look like. <laughs> it's like so awesome. Hmm, hmm, hmm. This, this one little kid on a skateboard. Oh, he was like, <laughs> so bad. But I was laying on my back doing that. And I'm thinking, okay. Anytime now, I'm going to be able to start breathing. Isn't that a good feeling? Any of those, those of you that had your wind knockout, when it comes back, you're like, oh, praise the Lord. And I'm laying there going, okay, I'm ready to praise you, Lord. I'm ready. And it never came back. And here's what happened. Thoughts started coming into my mind going, you're going to die here. Because I seriously, I couldn't breathe. So you're going to die here. And I, and I was like, in my heart, I'm like, no, no, no. I've never been forsaken. The Lord has a promise for me. It's in my covenant with him that with long life, he'll satisfy me and he'll show me my salvation. And so I'm laying there and can't breathe. No breath. So I started singing. You are the air I breathe. No, I did not. I, I did not. I, no, I, I did not. I, I would have liked to have done that, but I could not breathe. He, I said, Jonathan, get my Honda, bag it down. Ah, I did. I don't know how I got in. I got in and I said, drive a hundred. And he did. He drove a hundred, got me to the hospital. When I got to the hospital, I was barely breathing. That was a whole nother sermon right there. Because any of those of you that have been to the hospital, you know nobody can go in with you right now. And they have 28 pages of questions for you. So tell us what happened. I'm going to tell you. What will happen <clears throat> if you don't get me oxygen? I can't breathe. I, did, I told him, I need oxygen. I, I can't say anything until you get oxygen. It was so bad. That was one of the worst days of my life. But the word of God was strong in my heart. I said, no, he satisfies me. Mm, with long life, he satisfies me. See, what do we do when we find ourselves in that moment. Maybe you've never fallen off a ladder, but I guarantee you, you're, you've been in that situation where what do I do? See, there's choices. There's choices that we need to make. I mean, we always make choices. Sometimes we make wrong choices. At that point, the answer is make godly choices. How do we do that? We have to know a few things. First of all, you have to know this. God's on your side. 
God's on your side. He's not trying to teach you something. He didn't do this to teach you something. He was trying to teach me the day before. Remind me, don't step on top of the ladder. But when I'm in pain, he's not like, see, I told you. If you would have listened, you would have been up. You know, that doesn't make you feel better. And he doesn't do that. What he does say is, I'm on your side. What he does tell us, I'm working on your behalf right now. I'm working for you. There's a beautiful song that says, even if I don't see you, God, I know you're working. Even if I don't feel you, God, I know you're working. See, that's the word of God that's strong in us. The word of God is true, and we stand on that. you got to know this, too. He loves you. He loves you. He's an amazing dad. He loves you. Yeah, even when I do something really stupid, yes. Yes, he loves you. He doesn't love you more then because he can't. He loves you the most right now, and it doesn't change. He loves you. You have to know that. He's on your side. He's working on your behalf, and he loves you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, it says, For we do not want you to be ignorant. And you know what? Most of the time when you read that, it's because we are. Don't want you to be ignorant. So listen. Listen to this. We don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. See, Paul's writing this, and it's like, hey, we're in trouble. And I don't want you to be ignorant of that, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we were, des- that we were in despair, even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust ourselves. See, even men of God can feel that way. Maybe you felt this way, but let's not stop reading because we don't want to be ignorant. But that we should not trust ourselves, but in God. He raises the dead who delivers us from so great a death and does deliver us. Or he will deliver us. And he has delivered us. And also he's helping together in our prayer. In our prayers, and that thank that thanks may be given to many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. See, when something happens to you and me, God wants to work through us. He has, He will, and He will continue. He will never stop working on your behalf. So let me give you a little bit of peace of mind on this weird message that Pastor Joe gave me. (laughs) I take no credit for this. It's all. I said, let me preach something fluffy and light. It's summertime. And he says, no, this. Praise the Lord. What a great message, though. There's only three spots that any of us are in. Every person, doesn't matter, rich, poor, whatever. Um, You're either getting out of trouble, you're either in the middle of trouble. Or you're getting ready to face trouble. Mm. That's <laughs> thanks for the good news. I thought I thought I thought the gospel was the good news. I'm telling you, here's the problem: this earth that we live in is broken. It's broken. See, trouble is not what God planned. He never planned it. It was sin entered the world. I was talking to some friends this week talking about what's going on 
And I said, the problem, is, the problem is God's not in control. He said, what are you talking about? I said, no, we are. <laughs> if God's in control of what's going on here, he's not doing a very good job. <laughs> so in other words, mm, we got to step it up because we're in control. You and I, God gave us the authority. He gave us his word. And we're in a broken world. And he gave us his son. So let me tell you the three stages that you need to know to survive your worst day. There's three stages. The first stage is shock. I remember laying on, the, on my back, not breathing, thinking this too. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe it. See, we're in, sh we're in shock. And at that point, here's what we need. You need others to help you. You need others. See, God's always with us. But we need others. You think, well, I don't have others. I challenge you to look around the room right now. Because here's the others. Right here. Right here today at New Chapel. Here in this room. These are the others. See, we stand together. When one, when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. We need to stick together. We need to be there for each other. Ecclesiastes 4, chapter 9 and 10, it says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. I'm thankful for my friend Jonathan to be there. I would have been more thankful if he held the ladder. Just saying. Just, just, just saying. That, I mean... He told me later on, he goes, I don't know why I, well, he didn't, he, he told me why, he, he seriously told me why he was um, not holding the ladder. And he was like, I couldn't believe that. He says, I think he's like 37 years old. I'm almost twice his age. And he's like, he's looking at me going, I can't believe you're doing this stuff and I can't even do that. I'm like, you still could have held the ladder. <laughs> I mean, stop, stop being, stop being so impressed of my amazing life and hold the ladder, you know, Hold the ladder. Hold the ladder. It's like two months of pain. I was telling somebody this morning how I, that first two weeks, how I got out of bed. I should have, I tried recording it, but it, it looked weird. It, it just, it, it did not, I did because it was so weird trying to get out of bed. How I was, I had to scooch and go, and like every 10 seconds I was going, I made this sound. <laughs> it was so bad. I tried, I did try to record it. I erased it because it, it just wasn't good, but. But when we're in shock, here's what, we don't, here's what we don't do. Don't blame God. Don't blame God. God didn't make me stand on top of that ladder. God didn't kick it out and go, see, if you wouldn't have been standing, I wouldn't have kicked it out. But that's what we think. We think God's the one that kicked out the ladder. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, don't blame God. And don't get mad at him. This is the worst day of my life. I hate you, God. Really? He's the one that's helping you. He's, he's really the only one that can. God would have held the ladder if he was. He really would have. God would have said, yeah, don't stay. You're going to stand in there. Let me hold the ladder. He's always our helper. He's always there for us. Here's another thing that we do, and don't do this. Don't run from him. You know, all the stupid stuff I've done, God doesn't love me anymore, and we push him away. No, 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 no. 
No, we don't run from God. We run to Him. We run to Him. Remember the, the story of the prodigal? That really should be called the, the story of the amazing father because it really gave us an example of God running to us. He's an amazing God. Don't, don't run away from Him. Run to Him. Don't be mad at Him. He's the one helping you. Don't blame Him. It's not His fault. John chapter 16, verse 33, it says, these, says this, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, you'll have tribulation or you'll have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. See, how to survive your worst situation, how to survive your worst day is understanding that Jesus has overcome the world. And he's on your side. Stage two is called sorrow. Uh, you know, there's, there's times where things happen and we just need to cry. Just a good cry. Anybody, any criers here? Uh, God bless you. I, I, I try not to be a crier because I don't like how it feels. But sometimes you just need to get it out. Yeah, I don't. It's so weird. I'll, I'll explain. Even when I got here this morning, I was, I was so thankful because I knew I would be able to talk with you guys, and it, it made me so happy that I would be able to be here. And so I was worshiping God in the, on my way here, but then when I pulled in the parking lot, you ever get to the parking lot and your song's not done? And then you, you feel like, I would be such a heathen if I shut it off now, so I have to, I have to go until the end of the song. And so, and I, I was early today, so I, I, I wasn't in a hurry, so I stayed out there, and uh, I was just worshiping God in the song, and then all of a sudden, uh, tears, tears started coming, and I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 uh, no, I mean, have you, when you're worshiping God like that, and then tears are coming, it's, have you ever seen somebody do that, like when you don't know what's going on in their car? Like, I mean, because it was just on my phone, so it wasn't loud, but could you imagine just driving up, oh, Pastor Eric's here, <laughs> and tears, I mean, that is, seriously, that is so gross, that's why I'm not a crier, I, I shut it off, I, I just shut it down, no, I'll say, Lord, I'll cry on the inside, but this, this face can't handle tears, do you imagine me preaching, my eyes are all red and puffy, What's wrong with him? We cried this morning. So, oh my gosh. So, I, 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 sh I shut it down. I did listen to the end of the song, but I was very unemotional. I said, awesome, God. I this is so good. It's so good, so good, so good. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I got out. I tightened my belt up one notch. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, but you know what? Being sorrowful, that's normal. You just don't want to stay there. Let me, let me figure out where this verse is. It's Isaiah 53, uh, verse 3. It says this. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We know who we're talking about, right? This is the Lord, Jesus. And he hid, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Could you imagine? You know, if the Lord was here, we'd... Oh, I'd be so crazy, which, by the way, he is. You just can't see him. But could you imagine? He's the Lord, and people are, ugh. 
treating him like that. Oh, ugh. They hid their faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. And yet he was God, and that's how they treated him. Can we imagine that? Yeah, because we've been treated that way. That happens to us, too. You ever had somebody say something bad about you? You know, behind your back? Mm. Hurts. Jesus knows about it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are. Yeah, he didn't sin. He didn't, he didn't get mad and say, God, what are you doing? I can't stand you. Just get out of my life. No, 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 no. He didn't do that. And because of that, then, he understands us. He knows what it feels like. You know, why did he live 33 years? Why, did, why didn't they just let him get nailed to the cross earlier? You know why? Because he had to face every temptation that you and I face. Everyone. Because there's not one thing, not one thing that you have gone through or will go through that he didn't. Everything. He understands how it feels. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and that's Jesus Christ, our Savior. See, he is at the right hand of the Father, and he sees what we're going through. He's not blind, and he's praying to God. He's, he's our mediator between God and us. And so when we're going through tough times, don't ever think that Jesus doesn't see because he's the one watching and saying, hey, God, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna intervene. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then as we step out and believe in God's word, man, that faith connection happens. But if we're going to... If we're, I was going to say a weird word, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> if we're going to complain, if we're going to cry about it and keep crying and crying and crying and not grow up, what's he going to be able to do? See, he's looking for our faith to step out and say, you know what, God, even though I feel this way, your word is true. Even though my life hurts right now, you bore my pain. And then he says, hey, God, hear what he's saying? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it big. And he comes in, and he changes the situation. Why? Because we joined with him. We didn't run away from him. We didn't get mad at him. We didn't abandon him. David wrote this in Psalm 61. It says, hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. See, David knew how to worship. See, when you're going through those tough times, when you're going through the worst times of your life, worship him. Worship him. Worship changes everything. It opens up our spirits. It opens up our minds to allow the Holy Spirit to come and wash and clean and heal and free us. Worship changes everything. The third is struggle. Struggle is where we ask the question. 
I'm pretty happy that I didn't get to that point when I was laying on the ground. I never, I didn't ask God why. Why? I knew, because I knew why. <laughs> I shouldn't have done it. I knew it. I knew why. But listen to this in Jeremiah chapter 20. So we have Jeremiah, a prophet of God, a godly man, a leader, a leader of God's people. The prophet Jeremiah wrote this 3,000 years ago. He said this. Are you ready for this powerful word? Why was I born? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow? To end my life in disgrace? Holy mackerel. See, there's times even godly men feel this way. But a godly man and woman, same thing, falls seven times, but what do they do? They get up. They get up. We don't get up alone. It's not us. It's his hand that reaches down and brings us up. When we look to Him, when we worship Him, He picks us up. As we praise Him, we become more like Him because He changes us. It's normal to struggle in times like that. Jesus struggled. In Matthew 27, you know what Jesus said? He said, my God, my God, why? Can't even imagine that. Can, can you imagine? My God, my God, why? Jesus himself. He was like, I thought you were going to be with me forever. I thought, I thought, I knew what I had to do. I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to hurt. But I thought you were going to be with me. I thought we were doing this together. This is so important that we understand why this happened. God did turn his back. God turned his back on his son. Because all of our sin, all of our junk, all of our bad thinking, everything, our sickness and our disease, our I hate you, God, all of that was on him. And God judged him and said, guilty, die, and turned away. That was the sacrifice of Jesus. You know why? Because he only had to do that one time. One time. So today, today, what an advantage. God never turns away because he already did. He already turned away, so he never will again. Because the price is paid and Jesus said, it's finished. What's finished? The price. He'll never turn away from us. Praise God. Praise you, God. Here's why we go through all that is because you and I can't see the beginning to the end. We can't see where this is taking us. We can't see the advantage of this pain. We can't see it, but God can. You know why? He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He sees that. He knows the trouble we're going through, but he sees where it's taking us. Has anybody here ever heard of Netflix? Some, some of you have? <laughs> I think, what does that have? I just, that's called shifting gears. 
And when, when, you put a, when you put a message together, so I'm shifting gears now. So um, I, 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 was, I was preaching. Um, I don't have a TV, by the way. Don't have one. In fact, I, I was preaching another message, and um, I said that. I said, I don't have a TV. And there was a lady and her husband. And she, the, the lady, I heard her, she, she says to her husband, um, Jim, you need to be more spiritual like Pastor Eric. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. All I said is I don't have a TV. And, and then, and then um, his, face, his face turns red. And he, he leans back over to her and says, just because he's cheap. And it's like, so I have a projector. That's what I have. The grandkids came over, which was amazing. Um, well, it was three days in a row. That, it was awesome. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, um, God bless every mother that doesn't weigh 800 pounds. Because I'm telling you, they make you want to eat. They, they eat all the time. And so the only comfort in that is to eat with them. Because it's, I, you know what I'm talking about. Seriously. It's like, and if they're not eating, they're pooping. And when they're a year and a half, you got to do something about it. Because the four-year-old isn't going to change the diaper as hard as I tried to make that happen. But I don't have a TV because I know if I had a TV on my wall, I'd be watching it all the time. And I don't want to put that stuff in me. But uh, I'm not opposed to that because... I pretty much played my projector for three days in a row, <laughs> nonstop. But I, I learned about Netflix, and I started watching a show. Maybe some of you can relate to this. Um, I think they call it binging. Because binge watching, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> because when at the end of the show, yeah, binge, binge watching, <laughs> it's totally different. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm funnier than I thought. <laughs> and so I started watching this show with a friend. And it's like the end of the show comes on. And it's like this hour-long show ends in 35 minutes. I'm like, praise the Lord. Are you want to watch another one? Yes. I'm like, because I don't know if he's going to die or not. And so we watch another one, and he's still alive, but he's, um, they're about ready to kill him. And it's like, we can't stop now. Eight hours later, he's still alive. And I, I finally wise up and realize there's eight seasons. He's not going to die. I, I can stop now. But see, we don't know the beginning to the end. We don't know that. God does. He knows the beginning to the end. Just because we can't see it. It doesn't mean that it's not planned because God has a plan. In fact, he had a plan for your life before you were even born. That's how much he loves you and cares about you. Because he has and he will and he will continue to. What do we need to do in times like this? We need to put our trust in God 
See, we try and trust so many things, right? He has good things planned for us. He knows the beginning and the end, so put your trust in him. How many of you ever tried to trust yourself? I mean, we think people let us down. Heck, you let yourself down. Don't give people a bad rap. We do, you know? Uh, seriously, I don't mean to, but if, if you and I got close, there'd be a day where I let you down. There will be. Not on purpose. Well, maybe. Dep <laughs> depends on what you do. But right, don't, don't people, people let us down and then we push them away. Don't do that. People are people. We're doing our best, right? And God's teaching us. Somebody was asking me the other day, because I meet with people with marriage, marriage issues and that, and he was saying, well, how can I trust another girl? How can I do that after this happened? I said, you can't. You can't. You trust God. You trust God. Because as amazing as all the wives in this room are, and as amazing as all the husbands are in this room, we let each other down. So how do we trust each other? Through God. Through God, we trust each other. We allow his spirit to be in us so that we trust him, so that he guides us and leads us in your marriage, in your relationships, with your children. We trust him because he'll never let us down. Second Peter says this. It says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his glory and virtue by which has, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. See, when I was laying on the ground, not breathing very well, I was putting my trust in him. I knew that he's never let me down and he never will, because he has. He's done that for me in the past, Time and time again, he has. He's never let me down. And that day, he didn't either. He never will. And he'll continue to be faithful. In Hebrews, we read about the men and women of faith. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read in verse 35. It talks about the women received their dead, raised to life, and it Prior to that, go ahead and read it on your own, but it talks about all the faith-filled people and all the amazing things that they did. But then it goes on to read, a lot of us don't even remember that this is in Scripture, but it talks about the others. Right in the midst of all these powerful, faith-filled uh, people of God, he says, and the others were tortured not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. Mm. Their worst day ever. Verse 37, others, they were stoned and they were sawn in two. They were tempted. Others were slain by the sword. Others, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, and others of whom the world was not worthy. Others, 
They wandered in the desert and mountains, in dens and caves in the earth, and others, all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith. They did not receive the promise. God having perfect, sorry, God having provided something better for them. God providing something better for us. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. The others, they never received what they had hoped to receive. Why? Because God has something better. God planned something better. Years ago, I wanted a job. My dad was a firefighter, and I wanted to be a fire, firefighter. I started, I think, when I was about 20 years old. I, I took the test and always finished in the top 10%. That's where you need to finish in order to go to the next step. But for some reason, it seemed like I was always the next person in line to get the job, and then time ran out. So year after year after year, I took the test, and I, w I was getting tired, but I'm like, I want this job. And so my brother finally decided, well, I'm going to take the test too. So, um, so now we have some friendly brotherly competition going, and so we both take the test. We both pass in the top 10%, and then the next stage is the obstacle course. Um, Roy, if you're watching, I just want to remind you this. I finished first in the obstacle course. <laughs> he finished second. I'll give him credit for that. <laughs> but my opinion is second is still the first loser. <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and then it went to the hiring process. Uh, who's going to get an interview? They drew names to get that. My brother's name got drawn. Mine did not. My brother got hired. I did not. That hurt. That hurt. But I continued to take test after test. Finally, I took the test, did the obstacle course. My name got on the list. I'm hired. Praise the Lord. I was so happy. I had some of the old firemen that remembered my dad was, my dad was uh, uh, retired in that, but they, re they knew my dad and they knew me because when I was a little kid, four years old, five years old, six years old, my dad would, my mom and it would actually take me to the fire department to see my dad and I would have my blanket with me. So they called me Binky. That was, so I, yeah, that's how I grew up being called Binky. My brother got called Bones, a real cool name. And I, I was like, yeah, here, here's my son Bones and here's Binky. It's like, you, you know that... You know what that does to a man. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. But, but I, at that point, I didn't, because a couple of the old dudes, they said, good job, Binky, we're proud of you. We're so happy you're in. I said, please don't call me that. Please, it's Eric now. Eric is my name. And so the, the names went downtown, and they were so excited. And, uh, I, I was so happy to have that job, and it's what I wanted for years and years, you know, to follow in the, the footsteps of my dad and, and now to prove my, my brother that I am going to be better than him at it. And I finally get the chance to prove that. And the names go in. And then three days later, I get a, a letter saying uh, there were some changes made. Um, you're, you're no longer hired. We're going to hire somebody else. At that point, I realized 
you know, all that pain, all, all, the, all the struggle, I realized God had something better. See, we can't see the beginning to the end, but God does. For some reason, I'm feeling emotional right now, and I'm not going to cry because I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I wouldn't be here today. And I wouldn't change today for being a firefighter all those years for anything. I wouldn't change being able to go to Pakistan and Guatemala and Myanmar and Philippines. I wouldn't change any of that for having that job because God had something better. And I'm telling you today, if you're struggling right now, God has something better. This is not your end. Keep your eyes on him. He's the giver of life. Jesus was talking to his disciples. And his disciples were pretty cool. You know what I like about the disciples? Because they were like real people. You know what I mean? They were like ridiculous like me. You know, they weren't perfect. They, in fact, you think, man, after all those years of hanging out with Jesus, that's all they got? <laughs> Holy crud, are you kidding me? That's, that's it, or really? You, you're, you're with him 24 hours a day. He's te- he is actually teaching you, and you're still kind of brain dead. <laughs> it's like, so that encourages me. It's like, awesome, but when we look at some of the things that Jesus spoke to his disciples... So many times he didn't give them the earthly answer that they wanted because, you know what, we put so much value on this place. We put so much value on our clothes, our shoes, our houses, our boats, our jet skis. I'm not saying those are bad. I'm just saying those are not things that we can focus on, right? I mean... If you have a jet ski, invite me over. I've never been on one. Especially if you have a pontoon, I'd love it. Those are safer for me. <laughs> Just pull up next to the dock, I'll step on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, but listen to what Jesus said to his disciples. John chapter 14. I think it's, maybe it's not chapter 14, it's verse 14. Yeah, I think it is. Wherever it is, it's in John, somewhere in there. It says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and I'll receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go now, you know the way. See, they knew the way. They knew him. Jesus says, I'm the way. And too many times, seriously, we go, I'm the way. Uh-uh. We're not the way. He's the way. He's the way. We, which leads me to point four. Surrender. See, as we surrender, it's, we stop fighting. We stop trying to figure it all out. We stop ruminating I know you think I'm smart for using that word that you don't know what it means. <laughs> Two days ago, I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> but, it's really, but it's a really cool word. But there was a study, and ruminating is where you just 
constantly think about it and try and figure it out. You're not gonna, I'm not going to stop thinking about this until I get it, until I figure it out. Well, I'm telling you, there's some things that you and I will never figure out. Because honestly, as much as we want to, we can never figure out all of what God has for us. There will be a day, but it's not today. But we want to figure it out. And we can't surrender, but I'm telling you, we need to surrender. Is there any, like, outdoor people? I'm an indoor person, by the way. I, I, like, I like carpet. And when I'm outside, I like blacktop. Like, a, a friend of mine wanted to go walking on a path, and when I got there, I'm like, it's all dirt. I, thought, I, I, was, picturing, I was picturing blacktop. I like that. I'm, a, I'm an indoor person. I, I can't help it. I just am. But is there outdoor people that, you ever see them cows in the field? It was confusing as a child because you ever see them? They're, they're just going, hmm, Like the horses go like this and bite the food and then they chew it up and they go get more food. But a cow, it just chews like all day. And I never see it going and getting food in its mouth. And it's like, hmm, Yeah. See, the, they're ruminating. What they're doing is they're, they're, they're bringing up the food. They're puking the food back in their mouth. I've tried that before. It's not good. <laughs> I don't recommend it. Don't do it. But a cow does it. And, and here's, a, here's a crazy thing about a cow. I'm so glad I'm not a cow. They're like, mmm. Mmm. You've heard them. They're doing it. They're, they're just chewing on it. And then they go, and then they look around and they go, hmm? Mm. It's like, is it getting better? And they do it over and over. The fifth time, they, they puke it back up and start chewing it. You understand, it gets grosser and grosser each time. The first time, it still kind of looks like grass. After the fifth time, it don't look like grass anymore. You know that Nickelodeon slime? That's what it looks like. And they're going... Man, this is good. You know what? Normally I only do it five times, but I'm going to go for six. Mmm. 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 So good. You know what? It's grosser every time. But you know what you and I do? Instead of surrendering, we bring up those memories. And we think about it, and we think about it, we think about it, we think about it. We try and figure it out, and we try and figure it out. And then we give it to God, and then the next day we bring it back up again. And we think about it and think about it. I'm telling you, it gets grosser every time. It gets worse every time. Bypass all that. It's called surrender. There's some things we never will know because you and I don't know the beginning to the end but we put our trust and our faith in the one who does because he has good things planned for you and I. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Get this, in all your ways, whether it's the worst day of your life or the best, in all your days acknowledge him and he will direct your path. See, he truly will. 
He will direct your path. See, trusting in God is your path to peace. See, isn't that what we're all searching for, is that place of peace? It's in God. When we surrender to Him, see, it's, that surrender feels like a sharpening where we surrender, where we submit our need to be right or our need to figure it out, and we just surrender. And the Spirit of God just cuts it away because we know that He has a better plan. Trusting in God is your path to peace. The fifth point is sanctification. Mm, God's sharpening us, isn't he? He's sharpening us. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 out of the Message Bible, it says, there's more to come. We continue to shout our praise even when we're hemmed with troubles. Even when troubles have come our way, right? We shout our praise to him because we know how troubles can develop that passionate patience in us. I know a lot of people say, Lord, give me patience and hurry up. I get it. Mm. No, 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 no. That's not how it happens. He's working in us. He's working in us. And how that patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue. And what does that do? It keeps us alert. For what? What does that do? Why, why do we need to do this? Because it keeps us alert. For what? For what God is doing next. See, God doesn't sleep. He never does. He's always working on our behalf, and there's always something great coming from God. Too many people stop when they have the worst day of their life. And we're not going to. 1 Peter, weirdest, weirdest verse, right? Chapter 1, verse 6, says this. Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. What would that look like? Laying on your back on the plywood, not breathing? <laughs> Wishing you could worship him right there, <laughs> but you can't breathe, right? Count it all joy. Why? Because I know God sees the end, and this isn't it. He told me that. He spoke that to me, because what I spoke to him was what he spoke to me. He reminded me of the truth. See, some of you are thinking, well, I can't do that because I don't know verses like you and Pastor Joe and Kai and that. No, he'll remind you. I wasn't laying there and going, hey, Jonathan, um, because you didn't hold the ladder, go get my, go get my Bible. I need, to look, I need to look up a verse so I don't die here. No, no, no. God will remind you. He'll remind you of his word. It's important that we read his word, study his word. He'll remind you. He reminded me of his word. He reminded me of the covenant that we have. Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. See, here's what your pain is going to do. It's either going to jail you. It's going to put you in prison. Or it's going to lead and shape you. Pain will either be a jail that imprisons you or it will be the lesson that shapes you. See, the worst day of your life is going to lead to life. 
That's where it's all leading us to the sixth point. It leads us here to a life of service. See, the things that you and I go through, the pain, the struggles, all of that, because God has a plan and it's good. But because of all those, now I can have compassion and grace for others. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulations. See, God comforts us. When we go to Him, He comforts us. That we, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. See, He will. He has. And He'll continue to. There's a purpose to our pain. God has a plan. And it's for our good. And it's for the good of the world. It's for the good of the church. We need to embrace it. We need to embrace Him. Let me remind you of a few of the points that I talked about today. Choose to run to God and to others. You can trust Him. Others will help you. Run to them. Run to God. Choose to worship. Worship changes things. Worship changes everything. Choose to focus on eternity. This life is short. Seriously, what happens here? Oh my gosh. A million, billion years from now? I'm not even going to remember my sore ribs. This life is like a vapor. It goes away so quick. Keep our focus on eternity. Choose to trust God. See, trusting God is a choice. It doesn't just happen. You choose to. I choose to trust you, God, because you're trustworthy. Choose to trust him. Choose to learn from your worst day. Learn from it. I learned I'm never, ever, 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 ever. I'm not. I'm serious. I'm never going to stand on top of a ladder again, ever. If I need to get up higher and my ladder is here, I go get a new ladder. I'm not going to stand on top of it. I've learned that. See, I learned from my mistake. I think that's kind of why I kind of got hurt bad. It was bad. But if I would have only got hurt a little bit, guess what I would have been doing when I was shingling that roof? I guarantee it. I would have been standing on top of that ladder. You know what happens when you stand on top of the ladder? There was a weird survey that people die when they're six foot up and higher when you fall, especially when you're over the age of 60. It just multiplies how many people die when you get older. So older dudes, don't do it. And I know this is going to happen this week. Older dude, you're going to be doing it. And you think your wife's not watching. And she is. She's going to go, mm -hmm, remember what Pastor Eric said. Then you're going to say, well, then Pastor Eric better get me a taller ladder. I'm telling you. No, no, no. Learn from your worst day. Let God use that. Let him transform you through it. Choose to use your pain to help others. Use your pain to help others. See, I can't control what happens to me. 
But with God's help, I can choose my response. Things are going to happen. How am I going to respond? You know, out of all of this, really the most important thing is, you know, if I don't mean to say it this way, but if I would have died, which I could have, a big percentage of older dudes that fall off ladders die because you bang your head, you do all this. I could have died. The neat thing is about that, if I die, I go to heaven because in 1984, I gave God my life. I gave him all of me. I was a disaster and I gave him my life. Maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you go, well, I wasn't, I'm not that big of a disaster. I get it. But you know what? If you have never invited God to be your father, if you've never uh, said yes to the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross, today's the day. Today's your day. It's the best thing that we can do because this life, it's no guarantee. Things happen. Sometimes our worst day is we die. But if you're in Christ, if you've said yes to the sacrifice that he, that he did on the cross, we spend eternity with our Father in heaven. So I'd, I don't want to close this service without giving all of us the opportunity to say yes to the Lord, to say yes, that sacrifice that you did, I'm going to take it. I'm going to start doing things your way. So if all of us could hear it online, if, if you've never invited uh, Jesus to be your Lord, or if you're in this room and you never have, Please let's all pray together and we'll say this prayer. We'll say, Heavenly Father, I've sinned. I've fallen short. But today, I want to change all that. I know that Jesus died on the cross. I know he paid the price for sin. But today, I received that sacrifice for myself. Jesus, cleanse me from all my sin. I give you my life. I rely on you now as my Lord and Savior. God, I call you Father. And I thank you, God, I'm born again. This day. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Let's give it up for all those people that accepted Christ. That's the decision that counts, folks. Can we give it up for Pastor Eric and that awesome word here today? Thank you, sir. You know, I think about Corey, uh, Corey Ten Boone that said, there are no problems, only promises. And I hope that you leave here in a message that was weighty. I love the journey that Pastor Eric alone can take us on where we can be so sad and then be cracking up the next moment. And so I hope you leave this place lifted a little bit higher. I think we all grew a foot today uh, and I need it in Jesus' name. And so as you leave here, see nobody laughed. And so um, they're not all winners. <laughs> but I want you to leave here lifted high and maybe listen to this message again and again because it has a pathway that we can overcome some of the worst things. Amen, somebody.
A couple of things I want to announce to you as we press on with everything that God has, and that is that uh, as we dismiss today, if you're part of our servant leader group, the Go team, these are the people that are on stage worshiping or greeting or in, in kids' ministry, guest services, whatever it is, we're having a Go team uh, rally point here today. It's going to be in this room. So you can go out and say hey to people if you'd like, but you can also stay in here. They're going to be wheeling food into this room. We have something that we've never ate before at any of our meetings. I think it's $5 pizzas from Little Caesars, but um, we're going to have that here today, and your kids are fine. Sometimes when you, like, check in on your kids, then they want you immediately. Just nickels worth of free advice. Stay in the room. It's going to be good. 30, 40 minutes, we're going to be hanging out together. I have some fresh vision. I want to share with you all about what God has for us as we move on towards uh, summer, and including our event that we're going to be having on Independence Day weekend, and that is called Drive Into Freedom. Now, out of necessity, last year, we began a drive-in church. I'm proud that our church was only closed for three weeks. Uh, it was two weeks to flatten the curve, and when we went on the third week, I looked at the staff and said, I know the government, this ain't going to stop. And so we opened a drive-in church, and it was awesome, and I'm proud of us for doing that. But there's an element of that that we actually loved, and we had an Independence Day service like that. We had a Labor Day service like that. And so what we want to do is not have in-person, uh, meaning in the church building, but have one on Independence Day weekend, the 4th of July. We're going to have one drive-in church service where you can come and tailgate and listen to uh, the whole service. I mean, engage in worship, listen to the message. But then afterwards, we're going to have inflatables for the kids. We're going to have uh, something called the uh, tailgate carnival. It's going to be very, very cool. We want to have show cars, classic cars, and hot rods. And uh, it's going to be an event. And one of the real, I mean, highlights of this whole thing, we announced it last week. I'd like you to get loud about this. But Justin Barclay from Wood Radio is going to be with us that day. What an awesome thing. Somebody asked me, well, Pastor Joe, is he going to talk about some of the stuff on the radio? I don't know. But when I talked to him, he said, I'm going to preach the word. And so I would fully expect to come and be lifted up with a message straight out of the Bible. Justin Barclay is an incredible communicator, and I think the 4th of July is going to be no exception. Now, that is a patriotic day. I think we all can agree. But another patriotic day is tomorrow. Yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend. And I'm encouraged. I'm going to take advantage of that day and grill out and have fun with family and enjoy the freedoms that were paid for me. You see, freedom is not free, yes? And, and we know that. And, and listen, I believe this. Maybe you do too. We are the greatest country on the face of the earth. Can I get a witness in the house? Amen, somebody? And I think as we press on with some of the cultural changes that we see, I think that more than ever we need to pause and remember the sacrifices that were made by our armed servicemen on our behalf that spilled their blood so that you could grill out and wear tall socks with shorts and have a good old time. I got my dad pants waiting for me at home. Looked like Clark Griswold walked in the room. And, and that's good. But take a moment and thank God tomorrow. If you're a person who uh, has any, any knowledge of a cemetery that has servicemen buried there, maybe go there and just visit. You might not even know them, but they paid a price for you. And so let's be grateful on Memorial Day, grateful for the country that we live in. We're fixing to take it back. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen, somebody? Our greatest days are ahead of us. And that includes for those people that accepted Christ. And so one more time, church, can we give it up for those people that got saved today? Louder than that, stand up on your feet. I want to pray for you before we go out for the rest of our weekend. 
Would you all lift your hands for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine on you. Be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And as you go, I love you. Happy Memorial Day weekend. We hope that you were encouraged and brought closer to God during this message. You can listen to any of our past messages and series either on this podcast or on newchapel.com slash watch. And be sure to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram to stay up to date on everything happening here at New Chapel.